Alright, hello there, and welcome to another episode of How's the Pressure? I am your host, Haley Winter, and I hope you all had a safe and fun Halloween with your families, friends, or whoever you chose to spend your pumpkin day with. So today, we have a great show for you, as I interview Joanne Lewis. Now, Joanne is the director and head educator at the Family Massage Education Center in Ashland, Oregon. She has trained hundreds of infant massage instructors and has trained thousands of parents in the practice as well. And today, we dive into the subject of infant massage, which has never really drew my attention up until this point, and honestly, I was quite ignorant of what it entailed. After all, in my years of doing bodywork, I had never given an infant a massage, and to my immediate knowledge, none of my massage friends had either. Now, as you may have guessed, my interest and awareness around the importance and need for infant massage has changed dramatically. Now, one of the great gifts of starting this podcast has been the opportunity to open my world and open my mind to new things, and this episode is no exception. So I don't want to lead you too much, so I'm just going to give you right over to the conversation. I give you my conversation with Joanne Lewis. All right, so today I'm bringing in Joanne Lewis. Thank you, Joanne, for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to have you in today to talk about infant massage, which is, I think that when massage therapists think about bodywork, they're, you know, rightfully so, thinking about it with regards to adult clients that they normally see. And sometimes it can, it can skip their thoughts that the it, massage and body work really applies to the whole spectrum of, of, the, of the human life. So let's jump right into it. What are the main demographics of the students that you work with? We teach with all types of students in the medical profession. So a lot of LMTs, obviously, but also midwives, doulas, doctors, nurses, a lot of student nurses, childbirth educators, um, anyone interested in teaching families. Hmm. And do you get parents themselves? Yes, of course. During the training, there are uh, three periods in which we do a practical teaching so that the students get to watch me teach with parents and babies, and then they practice teaching with parents and babies, nice. which makes the, the whole training come together really well. And I'm assuming you have live babies in the, in, in the room while you're working on them. Yes, that the parents are, are working with. Yeah. So parents and babies come, mm-hmm. and for this program is with the International Association of Infant Massage, so it's with babies from birth to one year. Mm-hmm. And the parents bring their babies, and they get an introduction free during the training. So we always have plenty of parents and babies for the students. Nice. So when you're instructing the infant massage classes, you're teaching the teachers, not teaching practitioners. Can you explain why you do that? Right. Well, the main thought and the main protection is to support parents to be able to do this at home because the babies go home with them. And because we want to protect also that bond between the parents and babies, which this is a very intimate thing to do on a daily basis that can promote, you know, good growth and development where their brain develops faster and and better and all their physical skills, of course, too, come along with that. But the bond emotionally with the parent is also changed for for life, and that's what we really want to foster. 
So even though some therapists can learn how to do on babies, um, for instance, cranial sacral is often used, you know, after birth um, to help correct things easily from perhaps a bit of trauma during the birth. But a lot of times those practitioners will still be working with the parents because it's the parents' hands that the baby knows. They don't know ours, and they don't know ours in terms of giving permission either. You know, their parents obviously are giving permission, but at the same time, they're an individual with their own needs and desires and and wants, and, and so it's good, we feel, to respect that by encouraging the bond with the parents first and foremost. Yeah. Can you, you, you kind of mentioned the idea of, of permission, and it brings up the idea of consent as well. Can you talk a little bit about the process and important, importance of consent with infant massage? I mean, how do you get consent from an individual that is at that stage of development? Right. They're, they don't have the verbal skills yet to tell us what they want. So we're listening to their cries. We're listening. Parents are figuring out what cry is for what um, from the very beginning. So we help them figure that out in terms of, with our vocalization, asking the babies if they want massage. So we always ask permission because that high inflection of our voice is something they have heard and are beginning to distinguish. And this helps them to distinguish it even more. And so what it it does in turn is it raises a child who begins to ask lots of questions. And don't we want that of all of our children? They become more respectful because they're respected and heard. I have parents tell me all the time, my child is different because of this. They ask for things. They're respectful. They trust in me more than, say, even my other kids who didn't get this. I hear this all the time from parents who wish they had gotten to do this before with all of their children. Can you give me a specific example in practice, like what it sounds like or what it is to ask permission in that high inflection you you, you mentioned? Yes. So we all practice with our dolls as, as teachers. We have a doll. And so we're asking permission of the doll. We're swishing our hands together with the oil in it. And we use an unscented oil is what we recommend with the parents so that their scent goes through and also bonds and also the antibodies that happen skin to skin from parent to baby are huge. And they only happen with the biological parents. So that's really important. Anyway, we swish around. The babies are listening to that sound. Then they're listening to our inflection of, do you want a massage? Are you ready for a massage? Would you like a massage? And so they start to identify. It also gives them a time to answer. You know, are they arching their back? Are they coughing? Are they looking away? Are they trying to get away? So that the parent can decide, do they really, is this the best time for the massage? Or mm. should I wait and try again later? So what, yeah, so you mentioned a couple of things. What would be like uh, uh, signals that they're really looking for the massage? That, they, that, they're, that they're not only giving permission and consent, but they want it. Right. And this is what we teach with the students, how to help the parents determine, is my baby engaged? Is they, are they saying yes? Or are they disengaging and saying no? And which is it? So when they're engaged, their eyes are bright, you know, they're looking, they're in what's called a quiet alert behavioral state. So we teach the parents about baby behavioral states, because they're different than adults also, especially in that first year of life. So it's really important that that these students learn about infant development, which they learn in this coursework as well. 
And then, so we continue on with showing um, uh, how to, to distinguish, okay, is the baby quiet alert? Are they looking at the parents? Are they ready to engage? Are there, is their body language open? Are mm-hmm. their hands soft and open? Is their body soft and open? Or are they closed up with fists or fingers tight, displayed, and basically putting up the stop sign saying no? So you have to distinguish that, that difference. And sometimes they're very subtle cues, and sometimes they're real obvious. Yeah. Well, this is interesting because you've, you know, one of the things that body workers use when they're working with clients is uh, uh, checking in with the body language of the client themselves. Because some clients are not very comfortable giving verbal feedback um, in, in that setting. And this is an interesting kind of a multi-layer. You're, you're now working with someone who doesn't have the, the, the verbal faculties um, at all. So you're, you're solely listening to the, that body language to, to yeah. see. And it's even, it's, yeah, like you said, more subtle because you don't have the confirmation by checking in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one class where parents can come and baby can cry and it's okay because we're listening. <laughs> they love that, you know, fact that they don't have to run away when baby starts to cry, that we're helping them figure out what does this cry mean? What do they think it means? And then helping the baby to calm down and settle into the idea of massage first and then into the actual massage. And that's why these classes, when you learn to teach them, take five weeks. The parents um, will come for five weeks with their babies to a regular class on a weekly basis. And by that fifth week, I'm telling you, I tell the students this every time, and it's true, they don't want to leave. Even in our practical, with the training during the training of the four days, those last two days when the parents come, if they came to the first day, by the last day, the third day, if they come each day, they don't want to leave. (laughs) They get bonded with the other parents. They love talking about their child. Um, They love the fact that we're listening to them and that they're listening to their baby. So what are some of the other principal kind of foundational cornerstones of this work? I think the original concept of asking permission is huge because you're, you're then raising children who learn to respect as well as trust in people um, more so than, than other kids. And I also believe that um, a lot of the, the idea of helping parents and doing this as a daily routine is huge too because we see people all the time who've never ever had a massage before you know when there are still in what 20 percent of americans who get regular massage so why aren't we raising a generation who knows massage and can do for each other on a daily basis because what that means is then they know when they need a therapist better because they know their bodies better and they will come and use massage therapy more often because they understand the value of it. That makes a lot of sense to me. I actually have clients who have teenage kids now who they want to introduce their kids to body work. And it's really hard. Like it, it, it's not easy for them. It's not a, oh, just send them to a, a body worker because they're not comfortable with it. They don't have the context. They don't have that built up trust with the, with that modality or with the, with touch from a stranger um, right. to really allow that to be. And so they have to find all these um, 
ways to try and make that introduction softer and easier as opposed to allowing it to be a part of the of the the raising experience it's so true. You know, I tell all the therapists who are taking this, you are going to make families who are your clients for life. And they will be because they'll know when they need to come and they'll know when all of their family members need to come. Mm-hmm. And they're going to bring you all their family and then all their friends. And before you know it, you have a very full practice. <laughs> so you obviously have massage therapists that um, come to your trainings. What are, would you say are like the two most valuable pieces that a massage therapist would walk away with after, after, after going to your trainings? I think with this training in particular, what I said about growing a family and a village is really important because then you get to treat the whole family and understand the family dynamics and needs with massage therapy and with touch, which is, you know, our strongest language, so... And I think also that they walk away with being able to be teachers, which is huge, because a lot of therapists don't think they can teach. (laughs) And then they find out, oh, yeah, I can, which is a great adjunct to all of their their knowledge. Um, Many people worry about, can I continue to do massage therapy when I'm older? And so teaching gives them a whole other realm to be in, plus teaching with families what could be better. Yeah. I also feel like the therapists that do focus on prenatal and postpartum body work have a direct line to these newer families. And it's a way they can continue to and fully service their their clients uh, beyond what they currently do, which is, you know, exclusive to the, the parent or the partner. And it extends, yeah, to the whole family. Yes. You have a whole family, and and you have a whole family that understands um, the social need of massage and what it can do, not only just the physical benefits. So I'm sure you can name dozens of studies that support your claims on the effects of body work and massage on infants. Uh, What are some of your favorite studies, and what do they say about, uh, about the effects? I think the early studies done in the 80s are still some of the most dynamic simply because they were done with um, babies born premature. So there's a special needs situation that's really going to show the dynamic of this. When babies are born early, they're still developing a great deal more than those born on time, so to speak. And so what we found was that these babies gained their weight 49% faster with just 10, 15-minute massage, this is Dr. Tiffany Field's work primarily um, and others at the University of Miami and Duke University. And this work showed not only weight gain in double the time, so these babies went home in half the time, okay, but this bonded effect that happened and continued years later. So these are children that grow up, you know, even though they've been poked and prodded and pushed and and invaded, basically, they still grow up to be more trusting individuals and more um, easily adaptable individuals so they can adapt past all of that invasive procedure that was done to them. They just grow better, develop better, you know, and, and finding out, too, that along the way, those with conditions like cerebral palsy and, um, and even Down syndrome and others have changed tremendously through just getting in massage with the parents on a daily basis. 
You know, I had a case myself with a um, lovely young gal who came to thank me um, for training her instructor who taught her how to do the massage for her child because doctors said that basically the child would probably never walk. And here was a 15-month-old running around my office with her mother and thanking me because she continued to do the massage two and three times a day, every day, until that child could walk. Hmm. It's pretty dynamic when you see that happen. Yeah. And yeah. what about studies around the mental development for, for kids? Yeah. yeah, brain plasticity, you know, from the beginning, and especially that first year of life, um, we're noticing more cell site growth. We're noticing more grooves. So they actually have a higher IQ and coming off with uh, more memory storage capacity, which is, is amazing to, to watch all that physical development. Um, one of the studies I really like, too, is the one done in 96 by Fields and Grissel, Abrams and Richardson. It's on um, the effects of doing massage therapy for infants for depressed mothers. And what they found was that these infants who experienced massage therapy um, not only were more alert and more active and more engaging with the parent, but the parent's depression went down. They were able to get off their medications sooner than they were on um, over a six-week period. Uh, they showed weight gains for the babies, but they also showed that the parents, in turn, the mothers especially of depressed, who were already depressed, um, came out of it very quickly and were able to get off almost all of their medications within that six-week period, which is huge. And I think, you know, postnatal depression for mothers is um, a big um, growing field that people understand happens to most mothers to a certain extent, and it's just a matter of degree. So if we're helping them bond from the beginning, it's logical that that, that degree of depression would go down and would subside, and, and not only that, but possibly disappear, which happened in this particular study. Great. Well, I'm going to actually have you send me some of the links to those studies, and I'll post them on the show notes so that the listeners have an opportunity to, to look over that if they're interested in, in investigating that further. Great. And there's studies, you know, done with fathers, mothers, um, sleep patterns, and infant development. There's tons of material right now. And, and it's great to see because, you know, that we didn't have very many studies when we began this in the 80s particularly with infants. So if you had to pick one of your favorite moments from teaching or doing this work, uh, what would that moment be? It would be when one of my parents invited me to the graduation of her oldest child who was going on to take massage therapy <laughs> as their continued study and their chosen profession. Because they had watched the youngest of seven children, the last two, get infant massage with their parents. And they realized, the oldest, what the difference was. And the mother sat me down, and in this one moment, she said to me, Joanne, my two youngest children are different people than my other kids. And I know it has to be because of this. At first, I thought it was because they're your youngest. We spoiled them or something. But she said, no, none of my other children asked permission for nearly everything that they did with us, even asked to get in bed with us in the mornings. None of my other children did that, she said. 
And they adapt to any situation, any social situation, better than my other children did. And then um, she also said, not only do they adapt and ask permission, but they're the first to come and help whenever I need help. My other children didn't do that at this age. She said, I can't put my finger on it other than that kind of closeness we have, that bond, that willingness to to be hands-on all the time with us and with each other and with their friends. So that's very sweet. (laughs) And I hate to go from a sweetness to something more challenging, but you know, with life, there's always the flip side, right? So in all of your years, what, what is probably the most challenging thing that you've come across or moments that you've had? Uh, Yeah. For myself in teaching this, as well as for my students, the hardest one is in staying smiling when the babies are crying mm. <laughs> and, and giving humor to the parent and helping the parent because I've had this happen and so have other of my students where a parent feels so uncomfortable with their baby crying that they get up and they walk away. And so I always lean in. You have to learn to lean in rather than lean away from a crying baby. <laughs> And that takes some practice, believe me. It took me a long time of practice. But I had one mother who walked away, and I said, oh, please stay with us. Just stay so you can see where we're at, and I can talk softly, and it's okay, you know, that your baby's crying. bothers you more than me. And she came back. And so, you know, I lost one who went out the door and didn't come back. And I lost another one who was driving around and couldn't get their baby settled down and went home. <laughs> and after that, I learned how to engage them and give them the true permission to bring that crying baby in. So how many places offer these trainings around the, around the country? There's our, our association, the International Association of Infant Massage, IAIM, it's called Infant Massage USA for our USA chapter. And we have a dozen trainers who train all over the country in every state in the country. So you can look on that website, infantmassageusa.com, and find all of those trainings. Find the one that's nearest to you. I train routinely in Seattle at the Simkin Center, at East West College in Portland, and also at my office here in Ashland at Family Massage Education Center. So those classes I'm always doing, and then I go wherever else I'm asked to go. I went to Haiti two years ago. We trained 60 doctors, nurses, and midwives at their uh, country's request. And I've done trainings routinely in Asia. I've also um, done some in the Bay Area as well. So I like the Pacific Northwest because I live here, so I do a lot of them there. But you can find them everywhere. Mm. And there are other associations, too, who are doing this, not necessarily associated with us. So we'd like to see everybody teaching infant massage, of course. You know, we think it's the wave of the future. We hope that it's the wave of peace for the world. I mean, we all think it's to save the world, you know. (laughs) What if everyone knew massage? What if everyone got massage? Yeah, I mean... to have to have a, a generation of individuals raised being touched by other people is uh, a pretty warm and fuzzy thought. It's an amazing thought, and it's something that could happen, you know, if we are all willing to teach it. 
and get out there and help these parents and support these parents to be able to understand what their children are trying to tell them. And looking through some of the the literature, I noticed you guys have a lot of presence in military bases. Yes. Yeah, That this program has been adopted a lot in military because, you know, one of the worst problems we have is when returnees come after um, a military round wherever they are and have missed the birth of their child. So this is the highest rate of suicide on military bases. And so our program has been adapted to get these parents back into bonding with their their babies and their family having been absent and missed all that. Uh, you, you mean the highest rate of suicide on military bases, is it just because of the military base or when they miss the birth of their child? When they miss the birth of their child uh-huh. and in the first few years of, of a baby's life is um, a lot of when <clears throat> returnees from duty spiral out and just, you know, before we know it, they take their own lives. And, and it's the saddest thing because you would think that would be all to live for. They're coming home with a new baby and all of that. But it can be extremely overwhelming and add to the stress level to the point where people don't understand why they would do away with themselves. So it's really important that that this be changed. And they found that our program changes it quicker than anything. That and baby wearing, having the, the Moby wraps and the, the um, ergo carriers to where people will, will carry the baby more when they get back. Well, it, you are doing incredible and very important work, and I applaud you for it. In. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Good. So before I let you go, is there um, is there a way people can get in touch with you and the work you do um, if they're interested in doing any of your trainings or trainings through your organization? Yes, I would love that. I'm at the Family Massage Education Center in Ashland, Oregon. So you can go on our website, hello fmec.com so that's our acronym or you can just look up family massage and you're going to find me <laughs> they're very, very good listed that way or infant massage usa and you'll find us too i'll make sure to post that in the in the show notes as well to make sure they can get in touch with you if they need to great yeah all right number everything um i love to to hear from people who are in agreement with this and understanding and want to know more very Bad. good. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Joanne. This was really a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Haley. I appreciate it very Bye. much. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go ahead and review it on iTunes. And if you have any questions that you had wished I had asked, or topics you want me to cover in the future, please visit the website at www.housethepressure.com where you can send me an email and hopefully I can include it. Until next time, be good and be well.